A shaft of sunlight pierces the overcast sky above the river Willamette. The streets of noble Portland are filled with songs in a dozen tongues as people from one place, one time and another, try to make their way there. And as evening draws near, the air is filled with a certain sense of semi-automagic. Night music. <laughs> that was beautiful. Oh, thank you. I don't know. I just thought it, thought it was a thing. And hey, so like, you are the king of homages. Like, I thank you. All right. I don't know. I just thought it was a thing. Anyway, that hi, was, all my buddies. That was great. Hi there. Followers. Welcome to what, God willing, will be our first actual play episode. Uh, first of all, I would like to give a big shout out to everyone who has liked our Facebook page, who has. Uh, given us very lovely comments and encouragement on the Dresden Files subreddit on, uh, on Supra Reddit. I don't, I forget what the opposite of sub is. Um, anyway, it's, it's just, you guys have been all super lovely and made us feel like we're actually doing something worthwhile, which, uh, again, as performers is the very buttered bread upon which we subsist. So, yeah, keep doing that. Keep listening, keep liking, keep spreading the word about these goons who do a thing. Uh, I. Spread us all over. Spread us like oleo during wartime, like sweet, sweet Nutella. Those um, are very I, different things. I am me. I am the, the, the DM, the GDDM, as they say on Critical Hit. Casey, that's me, not saying my name this time. Who's, who, who else is here? Uh, Jackie, I, um, I have a little bit of a cough right now, so excuse my horrendous voice. And Jackie, what character are you playing? Uh, Fiona P. Quirk. Anthony? And I'm, I'm Anthony. Uh, excuse my voice in general. <laughs> Puberty wasn't kind to me, so. Uh, I'm playing Rowan. And this, and finally, this lovely buttery baritone. <laughs> Brought to you by the stylings of Dylan, playing Solomon Byron, wizard extraordinaire. Uh, buttery baritone is my new uh, is my new PFM cover band done entirely by opera singers. Great. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Yep. Okay. Well, everybody, this is it. Our first play podcast. I'm nervous. I'm excited. Let's jump in. As I previously mentioned, the place, Portland, the time, roughly now o'clock. The more more specific place, Magic Beans, a local establishment and institution in the communities both mundane and magical, known for their wicked cup of joe, and for being a place where anyone with a magic inkling can get together and see that he is not alone, and also the bran muffins are pretty good. So... We see at one of the tables mismatched chairs surrounding mismatched tables with chipped formica services, surfaces, words. We see a gentleman in what I presume to be a leather jacket. This gentleman is Rowan. He's, he's sitting there. I'm cool. sitting there. You're sitting there drinking your sitting cup of coffee. coffee. Having exactly. a good time in Magic Greens. Yeah. How's that coffee, by the way? It's, uh, it's pretty damn good. Wouldn't it be great if it was terrible? Yeah. Like, just awful magic coffee? It definitely tastes like Starbucks, then. 
Yeah. Shots fired. Behind the counter, a lady walks back and forth doing managerial tasks, surveying her domain. This, the lady, Fiona Peakwork, proprietress extraordinaire of Magic Beans, established 2008? Sure. Sure. Why not? When suddenly, Rowan, you hear from behind you a ding. You look around and notice that the bulletin board, ever-present, an establishment within this establishment, has changed slightly since you walked in. I get up and go look at the board. It's Monday, and that means that Mr. Monday has posted new jobs. Is there anything that catches my eye? Yeah, there are some notices about an upstart wizard who has gotten in over his head with his powers. There's a notice about some druids that are attempting to sell magically infused herbs and vegetables openly on the mundane market. Uh, fairly, fairly usual stuff for a Monday. Nothing too ridiculous. And while you are perusing... I, in through, go ahead. There's no such thing as nothing too ridiculous in this campaign, Casey. I well, that has yet to be established. What I'm saying is nothing too ridiculous for this town, <laughs> or so Rowan thinks to himself. <laughs> the bell above the door jingles, and in walks a dapper gent, lean as a knife blade with hair to match. Solomon Byron, badass PhD. Mm-hmm. The two of you catch one another's eyes. You're late, Solomon. Am I? We're supposed to meet an hour ago. Well, listen. I'm a very busy wizard. What do you have for me? Well, I got another uh, warlock. But uh, nothing completely out of the ordinary. Great. Uh, I I go over to the bulletin board. I, okay. I, I peruse the the listings. Okay. This upstart young wizard. Yeah, this upstart young wizard came from a well-to-do suburb of Landportlandia. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> By all accounts, born with a platinum spoon in his mouth, came to power for no apparent reason, as has been increasingly and worryingly frequent in this town. And it would seem that his power was less of a burn-down-a-building nature and something more subtle and much more insidious. The poster, Mr. Monday, either didn't have a ton of details or didn't feel inclined to give away the whole story right there on the bounty board and uh, leaves his usual inquire for more trademark on there. Also, on the bounty board, you notice a, a note that seems out of place. Usually, Mr. Monday updates the board every Monday, hence his name. Uh, usually when Fiona's back is turned, which miffs her something fierce, I reckon, because this is her establishment, and you'd think he'd at least have the decency to buy a cup of coffee while he was there. 
But there is what appears to be a post-it instead of the well-organized, professional-looking notices. And upon this post-it is written in chicken scratch just the word help. Oh, good. Intriguing. That's real useful. <laughs> I, I pick up the post-it note. Okay. And I turn it, was, it over. It was just put on there, like stuck on there. It wasn't even put there with a thumbtack. That wasn't going to stay on very long. Okay, I turn it over. Okay. Does it on say literally anything else? No, it just says help. And if you look closely, you notice that it was written in a very shaky hand, as if by someone who wasn't quite certain what proportion the letters should hold. And in the bottom left-hand corner of the post-it, a tiny, tiny handprint in ink, as if someone laid a tiny hand in the letters before they finished drying. Uh... That's weird. <laughs> That's definitely not a human hand. For the record, it does have human proportions. It is it oh, is five-fingered, opposable thumb. It's just super-duper tiny. Tinier than normal? Tinier than normal. How cute. Like a baby's hand, or...? Oh, no, no, no. No, like... Like a full-grown oh. adult hand, just scaled down. Exactly, like, like, a, oh. like Barbie doll-sized. Whoa, okay. Huh. Okay. I scan the room looking for anything uh, out of place or, or like, ink no, spots or, or something, some kind of anything. Uh, it's a Monday evening. The place is pretty still. Uh, Mr. Monday does regularly post on Monday, but he doesn't have a set time in which he does it. Mm-hmm. So usually people come in Tuesday morning to see what's fresh on the board. Uh, there are a couple of regulars sitting in their chairs, but the place isn't hopping by any means. Um, you do see Fiona Peak work behind the counter doing uh, her barista mancy. Great. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to go up to the counter. A wild Solomon appears. What will you have? Coffee. Black. <laughs> Original. Yeah. <laughs> I prepare and provide him with said black coffee. I, uh, I stick the, the, the note onto the, the counter and ask, do you know anything about this? As help. Thank you very much. I, I take my yeah. coffee and note, and I go back to Rowan, say, "Ah, this thing's weird." Yeah. All right. As they as they sit down and discuss the weirdness of the note, Fiona, you recall that for the past couple of weeks there have been small disturbances within Magic Beans. Nothing overt. Nothing that would indicate hostility. But a jar of beans would be in one place, and then when you turned back again, it would have moved maybe a foot to the left. Where there was once a pile of pastries, there was now a smaller pile of pastries and a trail of crumbs leading off. Small, like, as in small handprint small? As you put two and two together, you find that indeed it does make four. (laughs) 
So you don't find it unreasonable to surmise that perhaps your shop has had some tiny visitors. Yeah. Yeah. Rowan, go ahead. I am sorry. Go ahead. Uh, you know, maybe I do have something for you guys. When did you get here? <laughs> so there have been a couple things going missing. Very, very small things. Small like that handprint. Uh-huh. Around here. Thinking maybe somebody around here is in, tr- in some trouble. So they're stealing your coffee. They're in trouble because they're stealing my coffee. Yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Do you suspect some sort of fairy or... Something smallish. Great. If I want to do some magic tracky stuff. Yeah. Can I just do that? Yeah, I reckon so, if you tell me how. Great. Uh, I'm going to take... Uh, I, I walk over to the... the, the I, I don't know what, what you would call it. The, the place where they keep the sugar. And I the got sugar the, bin. The sugar bin. But, like, the bar, whatever, it doesn't matter. No, the, yeah, the ca- counter. Sure. The I, I go over to the counter and, and take two two packets of sugar, uh, and I open them, and I create a, a circle, a small circle on the table around the note. Uh, and I, with, with just a... just a, a, a willing of, of this thing to happen... Close the circle and begin gathering, sort of gathering myself to uh, to try to divine where this note may have come from. As you steal your will to seal the circle, a small snap runs through some immaterial part of your body. And you see that the circle has been lit with a soft violet glow. Mm. And indeed, a similar glow suffuses tiny footprints all over the bar, like old-timey dance diagrams. <laughs> and indeed, as you does so, as, as you does so, <laughs> I'm the best at words, as you do so, a quality in the air changes, and the bell above the door rings. Ooh. You broke my bell. I didn't break your bell. I go over to the bell and I examine it. It is still, like, the the clapper is still swinging a little bit, but not enough to hit the actual bell. I go over and peer into the bell. You see the insides of a bell. Fantastic. Yeah. It's your bell. You had it put there when you opened this establishment in 1998. I thought it was 2008. That's, yep, absolutely. Something. Um, can I sense any unfamiliar <clears throat> fey energy in the, <coughs> the coffee shop? 
Absolutely. If you activate your fae sensibilities, you tap into that part of Rowan's character, the room around you becomes a slightly different place. Instead of being filled with secondhand thrift store furniture, battered paperback books from used library sales and things like that, a charming, homey atmosphere, you feel a room that is filled with invisible and pervasive energy fields. This is what the entire world looks like to Fay. Currents of power and influence and nature wafting like tides beneath the sea. Now, through these tides, you do see tiny violet trails. And they do seem to lead to the bulletin board, to the counter, to the very bell where you now stand in a zigzagging, erratic pattern. Wait, the bell is the last place that it... The bell is not the last place. The bell is a vertex, one of the points of the many angles. But if you trace the trail to its point of origin, it goes behind the counter. I walk up to the counter and I say, show yourself. Fiona, he's talking to your counter. It's weird. Stop talking to my counter. I'm right here. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to the counter. My Look, my counter has nothing to do with this. It didn't, didn't walk around and touch my bell and put I walk behind the counter. I, I, pull out, <laughs> I pull out a gun and point it at the counter and say, listen, I have a gun pulled at you, show yourself or I'm going to shoot. I swear to God, if you shoot my fucking counter... Solomon, as you stride with your long, one imagines stylishly clad legs <laughs> behind the counter, uh, Rowan pulls a gun and starts talking some smack. Whoa, friend. I, I, I look up, and as I look up, I accidentally point my gun at, at Solomon. <laughs> uh, my left, my left hand goes up reflexively. Sure. Uh, and I begin crafting a shield. Fantastic. This uh, is a peaceful place, gentlemen. Yeah, and there's something behind your counter that I want to talk to. So your first instinct please. is to start waving handguns around. Hey, I didn't say that I'm the most persuasive talker, but I do have my ways. Uh, I want. I would like to give a little bit of... Uh, 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 a little bit of Ventus Servitas and try to disarm Thony's character. Okay. Um, how are you going to do that? In what wise? <laughs> Sneaky, clever, careful, rah, rah, rah. Uh, I'm going to go with careful. Okay. Sounds good. So you are going to go ahead and roll your four fate dice or click your, your dice roller, as the case may be. Mm. And Thony, how would Rowan defend against such a breezy, drafty affront to his gunmanship? Uh, I'm probably going to say quick. Quick. Okay, so you will make a defensive roll in the same wise. So you go ahead, roll your dice, add your bonus in the appropriate what's-us, and we will see who emerges victorious. I wound up with three. Plus three? One. Yes. Fantastic. That's a that's actually a really good roll. And your one, while not bad at all, Tony, is not sufficient to prevent the gust of wind from what precisely does it do, Dylan? 
uh, knocks the gun from his hand um, and, and pulls it uh, pulls it to the counter. Okay. Fiona, there's a gun on your counter. I pocket it. That's a good call. Hey, that was my favorite gun. And now it's my favorite gun. And you gun. just gave it to the counter. <laughs> Rowan, go sit back down. Fine. Whatever. You know, I'm, I'm a fae. You know, I can talk to these people. But yeah, yeah, go, go, go do your thing. I continue to mumble while I head back to the, the table. Sure. You, you sit down, peruse a four-year-old, I don't know, Vanity Fair or something. <laughs> Whatever magazine Martha Stewart used to make. I can, okay. I continue around the counter. Okay, very good. Fiona watches suspiciously. All right. So, Byron, your little violet trails, which, if the two of you were able to combine your respective magical visions, would look almost identical to the violet trails that Rowan saw when he engaged his face sight, uh, lead across the counter, down to the floor, and into a pile of beans in the back room. Not like loose beans, but like a pile of bags of beans. Mm-hmm. That uh, Fiona, I'm certain, has been meaning to get to, but other more interesting things keep preventing her from taking care of. Okay, I, I start moving them aside. As you do, you feel a stir of power in the air. Ooh. Do you continue to do yes, so? Yes, I, I keep moving the beans. Okay, very good. <clears throat> As you reach the bottom of the pile, one of the bags flies up as if pushed from underneath with great force and smacks you in the face. It disorients you for a moment, and uh, you hear a small buzzing whiz past your head. Okay. Haunted Beans! Haunted Beans! Haunted Beans! Haunted Beans is what Magic Beans costume is for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Alright, Fiona, as Solomon went rooting around in your back room like he owned the damn place, uh, you noticed two streaks of violet light uh, very, very briefly just go shooting past his head and behind a pastry display on your counter. I grab a glass and go behind the pastry counter to try and catch whatever the hell just flew back there. Fair enough. As you approach, your fairy senses, such as they are, cannot help but detect a small but concentrated radiation of power from behind the various Danishes, bear claws, cinnamon rolls, apple fritters, and other delicious comestibles available and baked fresh daily at Magic Beans. From behind the display jumps a diminutive figure. He is tiny, he is slender, and he is dressed in a motley assortment of detritus and natural components, he looks like he's wearing a breastplate made from pinecone scales, and he has what would appear to be a spear made of a small stick with some kind of thorn strapped to the end. He jumps out and, and, and thrusts it at you, Spartan style, and says, Announce yourself and quaver in fear, for you treat with none other than bicker 
first captenant of the We Free Men. I clap the glass down over him. <laughs> I found it. I walk so, over. So, you guys hear a small commotion, followed by Fiona announcing that she has indeed found it. I walk I over. Walk over. <laughs> she got a little fairy under glass, you guys. Yep. Check this guy out. He thinks he owns the place. He doesn't? I, no, I do. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Okay. This thing wrote the note that said help. Now it's brandishing a spear at us. Kind of oxymoronic. Uh, I'm just saying... Maybe it's scared. And the very notion of, uh, of its courage being less than total, at the notion that it was a fearful little what's-it, uh, the creature under glass loses its tiny damn mind and proceeds to zing around inside the glass, hurling every manner of slur at you. Hey, hey, hey. My mother was a beautiful woman. I know! That's how she got so much action! Whoa. Give me my gun. <laughs> Yona, give me my gun. Mine now. I hold Mine. up the small note. And I say, listen, did you write this? You solved my note puzzle! Well done! Truly your intellect is worthy of aiding the great and noble cause of the We Free Men. Okay, what are yeah, the We Christ Free Men? Free. Are they tiny men that are trying to be to, to win their own freedom? Is that what's we going are on? Not, we are not tiny! We are just small for our heights. Um, That's I, tiny. I look around the room and I go, listen, tiny, relative word, big world out here. Out, uh, outside of that glass, you're a very small thing. It's just how the that's just how words work, man. Your precious words hold no power over me. They do. This this, this glass this glass does though. I would I would like to come out of this glass, please. Nope. Are you gonna calm down? Are you gonna put the spear down? I will be exactly as calm as I feel the need to be. I rattle the cup around. <laughs> His little, his little acorn helmet goes clink, and he sits down, and, like, little cartoon birds go tweet, tweet, tweet around his head. Yay. Um, from above the... <laughs> I, I picture Magic Beans as having, like, cabinets up behind the counter, and uh, from up above, you hear a tiny voice, much like his, but much calmer and uh, much less concerned with bravado, saying... Please pardon the actions of my compatriot. His zeal is admirable, but does not lend itself to forethought. And uh, from above hops another diminutive figure, this one exuding a soft blue glow. She uh, lands gracefully next to the glass in which her friend is trapped and leans up against it casually. She's got like an amused look on her face, like she's... She's not mad that you put him under glass. She's just mad that she wasn't big enough to do it first. <laughs> Good evening. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Cornflower. And like my friend Vicar here, I am in league with the Wee Free Men. And while his vetting procedures were extreme, what he spoke was the truth. We need your help. Did you steal my beans? 
Yes. It was necessary. It was a necessary requisition for wartime. I'm sorry, but my, my troops needed those, those fuels for their own sustenance and to wage this good war. Um, I look at Cornflower and I said, Honey, you can't afford me. Oh. Okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, you guys were kind of our last hope, but that's, that's all right. Tell me about the free folk. I guess, I guess. The wee free men, good sir. She instantly, she instantly <laughs> perks up. Like, she, she hadn't planned this going any other way but swimmingly. Right. And, and the instant it got derailed, she was lost. Um, but she instantly perks up once she has a handhold. The we free men are a democratic coalition of what you would know as the wild fae. We don't want none of the pull that summer and winter and all those other people are trying to exert on us. We just want to be our own people, free, led by leaders chosen by us. But as you can imagine, it's kind of hard. People don't really take you seriously. They just tell you to move into a Barbie Malibu mansion. And while that sounds nice, we don't know how to apply for mortgage loans. Okay. Are you are you telling me that there is a contingent of tiny, tiny pixie folk waging so war on all of fairy? No, is that what's happening? Waging. We are not waging war. We are simply trying to establish independence from the courts. You all are... they want is to draw us into their petty squabbles. And that's all well and good for them, but we just want to live. We just want to get on to the day-to-day of it. You were literally just talking about needing rations for your troops, and that's why well, you were stealing the magic beans. That sounds like a war to me. Well, it's a war from our side. It's a war of freedom and independence. We just don't want people pressing down on us. Everybody thinks that because we're so tiny, they can just push us around and tell us what to do, and we're sick of it. Great. I admire the spirit. I, I'm having trouble with the scope. Yeah. How? Did you plan any of this through, like, at all? We had... Pl- the first plan was to just tell them to leave us alone, and that didn't work. So the second plan was to get help, and now here are you guys helping us. I, we didn't agree to anything here. Like I said, you can't afford me. You uh, take take jobs for money. If she has money, she can afford you. Yeah, but look how small she is. She can't have enough money to afford me. Oh, oh, my friend, I I think you misunderstand. She reaches into her uh, into her <laughs> tunic and pulls out a tiny, tiny like leaf pouch, and she opens it up, and inside are all manner of very pretty little pebbles, all of which are, are gorgeous, but all of which are clearly worthless. <laughs> I think you underestimate, my friend, the resourcefulness of the wee free men. What's the value of those pebbles? Inestimable, because we don't have anyone who can estimate it. Well, I can estimate it right now. Oh, man, go to town, by all means. That Your skills are useful to us. Uh, you have jack shit. Okay, and how much help will one jack shit get me? Uh, <laughs> uh, wait, you're serious? Rowan. What Bicker, Bicker is at this point, uh, shaking his head to, to, to clear it and standing up inside the glass. Rowan. What? Stop being rude to the tiny folk. Okay, okay, okay. Unfortunately, your pebbles aren't really worth anything in this world. 
They are pretty, though. But these are from the garden I grew up in. They mean the world to me. How can they not mean anything to you? Because, unfortunately, if I were to go buy bullets, uh, the guy selling them wouldn't give jack shit what the backstory of those pebbles. No, but you just told me I had one jack shit. Therefore, their worth is one jack shit. Why would he not give you that? <laughs> She's got an excellent point. Who asked you, Fiona? Listen, Cornflower? Uh, immediate, immediately, uh, the second that Rowan sasses Fiona, uh, both Bicker and Cornflower just snap and turn on him and give this super serious look. And Bicker, who up to this point has been a royal goon, uh, gets as intimidating as it's possible for something the size of a Ken doll to get, and says, Now you look here, mister. You are under her roof. You take advantage of her hospitality, and I don't really think it would behoove you to sass her. Yeah, don't sass me. It's my roof. I, I'm going to use one of my aspects right now. <laughs> Go for it, man. What are you doing? I'm oh, this is our first aspect invocation, you guys. I'm going to use uh, my last Son of Spring aspect. Fantastic. So they know exactly who the hell they're actually pissed at. Right. With, lecturing. Right. With the, to whom they condescend. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, the invocation of an aspect costs one fate point, so if my character sheet and yours are square, you should now be down to two fate points in your current bank. Yeah. Okay, very good. So tell me what you're, tell me what you're doing. So I'm gonna get down to their level, okay? Oh, that's just mean. Like, no, like I'm squatting down so they can see me eye to eye. Okay. I wanna say, look at my face. We're looking! Look at my face. Does my face look familiar to you at all? And they, I kind of, they, I kind of. They they give each other one of those. What? No, I I don't know. I, I, go ahead. I I kind of let my my face side take over more than my human side, and I assume that kind of alters my appearance slightly. Um, not so much on just the basic visual level. Um, FPQ, you with your fey enhanced senses do notice a, a slight but definite shift in his aura. It looks, uh, as if someone has sprinkled, uh, a lovely handful of some kind of green leafy tea into the watery aura of humanity he usually exudes. Um, Solomon, you two get get a definite sense that something is shifting on some level, but just like people wise, it don't look much different. Now, Thony, having invoked your Fey side, you are going to take one stress on your Fey nature track, which I realize is something I'm springing on you just now. We'll deal with the mechanics later. Don't worry about it. But suffice to say, if you rely too much on your Fey nature, it's going to become more and more overt until it's right. you know. Something you'll have to really, really deal with. Right. Okay. So you uh, you do so, and to Bicker and Cornflower, it appears as though a crown made of green living woven branches has been placed upon your spiritual brow. Uh, whether literally or metaphorically, it's hard to tell. Fairies aren't great with metaphors. They confuse the uh, the thing with the thing, so to speak. But they are immediately taken aback and get your point. 
Bicker, ever the zealot, uh, throws himself viciously against the glass. And uh, Fiona, you're going to have real trouble holding on to it because he is just slamming with everything he's got as Bicker screams, Tyrant! Despot! You would claim to rule us, you and your spring court! You think you're so great just because you have sunny days! You're not the boss of me and you never will be! Trust me, I don't want to be the boss of you. I don't even want to work for you. Uh, Cornflower places a calming hand on her compatriot's glass prison <laughs> and, uh, and says, It's okay, buddy. Calm down. I don't, I don't think that the uh, <clears throat> gentleman here was implying that he would like to see us in uh, slavery to him, only that he is someone to whom we owe a certain amount of respect and wariness. And she, she looks at you for confirmation, um, Rowan. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't even say respect. Don't, just don't, uh, I don't know, talk down to me. Okay, well then maybe don't use your fancy accounting degree to make me feel stupid, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, accountants. They're the I'm worst, not an accountant! <laughs> well, you know how much jack shit is worth, so... Rowan? All I'm saying, I'm a mercenary. I... You're an accountant mercenary? I'm not an accountant. <laughs> look at my beard. Look at the leather jacket. Do I look like an accountant? Look like a Solomon accountant. looks like more of an accountant than I do. I don't know. You look like my accountant. Rowan. What kind of accountant do you use? None of your business. Oh, my God. What, Solomon? What? Step away from this counter. <gasps> yeah, get away from my counter. I, I mumble and yell stuff and go back to the, the table and sit down again. <laughs> Cornflower? Yes? Your naive understanding of economics, while charming, is not helpful. Thank you. Wait. <laughs> okay, I don't... Look, okay. I've saved up so many pebbles. Do you have any idea what these pebbles would get me in fairy? Each one of these pebbles is a memory of my childhood. They are very lovely. Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. That and that they would get me whatever I wanted. They won't do that because... That's how money works, right? Not quite. But money can't buy you love, honey. But... Oh. Or in this case... Listen, let's put that aside for a moment. I would like to hear you out. What help can we provide to you? And why should we do it? A fair request. But in for the first, as a show of good faith, I must request the release of my compatriot from this glass menagerie in which you have placed him. Bicker, uh, having tuckered himself out, trying to trying to unsuccessfully get out. He scuffed your counter up pretty bad, by the way. I'm going to have to charge you guys for that. That's fair. She 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 tosses you a little tiny pebble. Keep the change. I Uh, catch it and stuff it in my pocket. That pebble contains my memory of the last time my father and I did anything before I realized he wasn't perfect. Wow. Yeah. That's rough. Uh, This pebble I go on display in my bathroom. I uh, look up at Fiona, and uh, I say, let let the tiny one out of the glass prison that you've encased him in. 
I carefully lift, lift the glass up, not quite trusting still, but willing to let him go. Sure. Um, as you do so, Bicker reaches down and grabs the lip of the glass and uh, gives gives his very damnedest effort to make it look like he's lifting it off of himself, like <laughs> like he's like he's forcing your hand up off of him. And he, he slips under and he says, Aha! I knew that the might of First Captain Bicker was too much for any giant people to contain. I am victorious! Captain is not a real bean. thing. Sorry, say again? I drop a single bean on him. <laughs> oh. Uh, it bops him on the noggin and he is out. I did it! Good job, you got an unconscious fairy on your counter. Yay! You get four million experience points. Yes! Flower, your friend... While unconscious, is now free. Sure. He's trapped within the confines of his own mind, so kind of brought that on himself. Oh, man, that's deep. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, he's got plenty of room, am I right? <laughs> anyway, okay. I like this one. So, here's the thing. The powers moving against us, the we free men. And, and as she says this, Bicker's uh, unconscious fist just punches the air in a salute of solidarity. <laughs> The powers moving against us strike intermittently. We have so far managed to fend them off, but there may come a time when we require your aid. And that's all we're asking for, is just that you will aid us in whatever fashion you are able when our enemies come to our door. Who are your enemies? They're the big fae. The ones from all the, you know, all the, all the, all the people who align themselves by what temperature it is. Right. So, literally all of fairy. Well, no, I mean the wild ones are pretty cool. They just want to, you know, live in the forests and rivers and stuff. And we don't want to be enemies with anyone. All we want to do is form our own like little society. We've been reading this book called Republic, and what from what we can make out, it seems like it's got some good ideas. So we, we want to try this, this democracy we've heard so much about. Have you finished the book? I have not. It's, look, I have to physically run over to the other side of the book to turn the page, and it takes a lot out of me. You should maybe finish the book. Okay. <laughs> anyway, my point is that if our enemies should come a-calling for us, and certainly they will because they want us in their servitude, all we want is a promise that you'll help us in some way. We're not saying fight our war for us. All we need is maybe a a safe place to stay while under siege or maybe some more delicious coffee beans. Uh, again, Bicker's hand shoots into the air at the mention of coffee beans. Uh, I look over at Fiona and say, well, I mean, your store. And Cornflower looks pleadingly to to Fiona and to Rowan. I mean, you guys are you guys are like us. I mean, you get it. What if someone was trying to bottle you up and make you act contrary to your nature? What if you couldn't be who you really were? Oh, you poor thing. I... Of course, you can stay here. Have as many beans as you want. Hooray! She she dives directly into one of the bags that Solomon was 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 foisting around with. Just just plunges right through the canvas, just roots I, around in there. What she said kind of ticked me off. Why is that, friend? I, I get up because I'm really trying to suppress who I really am. Right. 
and I don't like someone spelling that out for me or, All right. or speaking contrary to I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, I she's she's uh she's rustling your jimmies. I get it. She's uh jackling your hackles, razzling your berries. I say, even if you guys did have the money, I don't want to help you. Okay, well then you can kiss this jack shit goodbye, friend, because we already got a patron over there. <laughs> and she is going to get all the jack shit she needs and more because she is our compatriot. And if ever she needs more precious memories of my childhood or, like, the last breath of sunlight on the last day of spring or anything like that, we can get her that stuff. What can you get her? Nothing. I actually think I have that on vinyl. Oh, that's fair. Anyway, uh, okay. corn, Cornflower turns away from Rowan, and it's it's clear that uh, he, he is just no longer even a thing in her mind. Yeah, they like me better. Yeah. I go back over to my coffee. Sure. It's, um, it's, it's cooled some by now. It's, it's drinkable. Delicious. It's great. Um, They've found a way to remove the, the acidic bitterness from it without compromising the rich, uh, rich flavor. Sweet. So it's it's yeah. like it's it's like uh uh civet beans but sure not out of the butt of a rodent. Exactly. I um, think they're cats actually. Whatever. I could be wrong. I don't know. Well, if you're going to drop civet beans, don't get wrong. Don't get mad at me for being slightly more right. Um so you walk over, your coffee. It's delicious. Yes. Uh and I I go back to the um the, the the rich wizard warlock kid uh posting and and how does one how does one contact Mr. Monday? That is a really good question. How have you and Rowan contacted him in the past? Well well now now here is a question I wanna I wanna bring up just to kind of clarify things. Sure. Um I, I was under the impression that Dylan himself was getting his assignments from the White Council as a warden. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, was getting my assignments from the from Mr. Monday bulletin board. Okay, mm-hmm. so wouldn't it be safe to assume that uh, Dylan's character, like just by looking at the posting, knows and can kind of like match up to something that the White Council has told him already? That's so. My thought on it was that um, the White Council's information has to come from somewhere, and I figured that Mister Monday was somebody who knew more about these things or knew them faster than the White Council did. Um, so it's really a question for Casey. Hmm. Well, I like. Where you guys are going with that. I like the idea that this guy knows the same stuff the White Council does uh, just faster. My understanding was that Solomon did his missions as given by the White Council and also did the stuff on the bulletin board. Um, and that Rowan also did stuff on the bulletin board. But yeah, we can make it canon that the White Council absolutely posts things. And they do it like in an identifiable way, like... Uh, you know, bring proof of completion to. They, they've got a they've got a drop spot somewhere where you can meet them or drop off well, proof of what you did. Well, not even that. The, the White Council is necessarily necessarily using this board 
themselves, but that Mr. Monday is a source of information for the White Council. Right. Okay, so everybody comes to this bulletin board, or yeah. to Mr. Monday. And it can be like, like, if the White Council has, like, heard about some sort of warlock uh, mucking about the city, but has no, like, definitive information, they'd send someone like Solomon to the Magic Bean to look at the postings to see. Uh-huh. If, and while he may not necessarily be taking these jobs, like I'm taking these jobs... He still uses it as a valuable source of information. Right, taking them on behalf of the White Council. <clears throat> yes. Does that sound good to you, Dylan? Yeah. I don't want to railroad your character. No, that's great. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay, so um, how have you guys... And I reckon that neither Solomon nor Rowan go about their missions or get in contact with Mr. Monday in the same way. You guys have both been doing this for a while. How do you usually go about contacting him? I go to his place. (laughs) Okay. And what's his place? I don't know. Some, it changes. You know, he owns most of the city, so it changes on a day-to-day basis. Right. Okay. So the location changes, but it's always somewhere he owns. I, I would even say that that on the posting there is some sort of coordinates or code or something that Exactly. Yes. familiar to him understand uh, but to the the average person looking at it, they'd have no clue what it meant. Well, yeah, and that's that was honestly, I thought we talked about this. I could be wrong. That was my understanding of the whole bulletin board system was that uh, if if a regular person just walked into Magic Beans and looked at it, it would just look like roommate adverts and hey, come see my band and and yeah. stuff like oh, yeah. that. I forgot we talked about that. Yeah, that it's all it's all carefully coded data. So um, so yes, there are coordinates on the. On the uh, rich kid warlock saying that uh, having eliminated the problem, and it's it's coded in such a wise that means uh, it would be preferred to bring the kid alive rather than to just straight up murder him. Uh, you can bring the person in question to a botanica on the corner of. Um, on the corner of Caroline and 35th. Okay. But, so, the the listing only has a very brief description that there is a warlock out there. Yes, not, not like, hey, this is exactly where this person lives, stuff like that, but uh, only that a rich kid warlock is wielding something more subtle and dangerous than just the usual explosive powers warlocks manifest, and that uh, he needs to be taken care of, should you choose to accept the mission. But is there is there a way to contact Mr. Monday about this for more information? There is a note at the bottom, contact Risky Dave for more. <laughs> okay. See, that's the thing. I don't, I don't feel like Mr. Monday is somebody that everybody can just get in touch with. Right. Um, and uh, Risky Dave is known to you guys. He's something of a middleman, and he if he you can you can find him if you ask around. Okay. Uh, then I am going to enjoy my delicious delicious cup of coffee. It's fantastic. 
provided yep. by the magic bean yep. at nominal charge. Does he get like the friend rate, Fiona? Or no discount? No discount. Wow, damn, hardcore. <laughs> or um, a rare, a rare breed of capitalism to to see in in the fluffy, fluffy Northwest. But you know what? It it's it's got its supporters. <laughs> Uh, and while I enjoyed this this delicious delicious beverage, uh, I'm going to take out uh, a a like a legal pad and mm-hmm. start writing a, a very quick note. All right. Um, which I I then tear tear the the page because it's it's going to be very so it's a very small uh, wrap of paper. Sure. And then. From from the folds of this legal pad, I pull out a small feather, Ooh. Uh, which I replace into the circle, um, and remove the note, and I re I, I reclose the circle, and uh, for for a few minutes it seems as though nothing happens, mm-hmm. uh, and then I step outside, and there is a pigeon, a, a carrier pigeon, waiting. And I tie the the small note to its leg, and I send it to the Westfield Carter Hotel. The carrier pigeon gives you a knowing wink before it wings off into the evening sky. Perfect. Fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Fiona, you have got some tiny, excited people on your counter who are just thrilled to have actually made an ally to meet someone who doesn't want to enslave, murder, or eat them. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my throat's all weird. That's okay. Uh, I'm just, like, openly supplying them with beans and small crumbs of delicious bran muffin. Oh, yeah, they, they gobble those up. And, uh, see, pre- previously, Bicker had been romping around in a display of athletic warrior prowess, uh, vowing to defend you, his new patron, and serve you all, all his days, as long as, of course, you, you helped him in his time of need. And, uh, Cornflower had actually taken out what looks like, uh, a little tiny notebook. And if you look really closely, it's actually just some leaves that have been, like, sewn together into, into a little booklet. And, uh, she takes out a little thorn and has been, has been making notes in it. And she turns to you and says, Lady Fiona, we cannot thank you enough for your pledge of support. Uh, in return, and as a token of good faith, we would like for you to have uh, this this handsome tote bag. Give her, get, get her the thing, Bicker. And uh, Bicker just hops down the counter over to back where the beans were all piled up, and, and he drags out a literal bag that they've just written totes on. <laughs> <laughs> and says, we found this! And we said to ourselves... That goes to our patron. Great. Let this bond between our peoples be sealed. Huzzah! And Booker goes, Huzzah! Rowan, what are you up to? Um, I... I get up and I walk over to Solomon. Hey, Solomon. You got a Rowan. Yes? So you got any leads on our rogue warlock? What was... What was the... The, the name? Was it Sketchy Dave? Uh, it was Risky Dave, but I like Sketchy Dave better. <laughs> We're gonna go find Sketchy Dave. Man, I hate that guy. 
Yeah, he's real sketchy. Yeah. Uh, mind if I tag along with you? Sure. You know, I bet this warlock guy has something to do with our little... When did you get stuff. here? <laughs> I've been here the whole time. As a special ability, she can enter and leave the shop without the bell ringing. <laughs> it's my bell. Her bell. <laughs> I call my rules. Sorry, you were saying. Right. Okay, so um, so Solomon and uh, Rowan head off to meet and with Fiona. Oh, or Fiona, are you going with them? Yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, fantastic! Close. Okay. Everyone, get out. Okay, uh, everyone, everyone leaves. All the all the regular patrons who you know they're they're semi magic folk themselves, so they've been turning a blind eye to this. No one's been trying to kill them, so they don't really care what's going on. Uh, they all they all shuffle out. And Vicar and uh, Cornflower stand on the inside and say, In an effort to repay our bottomless debt of gratitude to you, our patron, we will stay here and guard your home, your place of business, your foothold in this world, until your return. And they both snap a uh, a very smart salute that I picture being like uh, Zat Brannigan did, where it's like <laughs> they, they, they thump their fist over their heart and then to their forehead and then up to you. <laughs> I, I turned to Fiona and said, I bet you $10 your place is going to be burnt down by the time we get back. I've got insurance. Cornflower says, I will take that bet, friend. You're going to owe me so many innocent moments of your childhood. <laughs> uh, my, hi- my childhood was less than innocent. That's weird. I don't know what the currency exchange rate for that's going to be. I shake my well, head. Ask the accountant. I start <laughs> walking down the street. All right, you guys start walking down the street, and I think that that is a good place to wrap this episode. One thing. What's up? I need my gun back. Oh well, that's something you're gonna have to settle with uh, with FPQ. Yeah, no, this is my favorite gun now. See, she said so. She said now it's my favorite gun. But it's. I need my gun. This is my livelihood. How'd you like it if I stole your blender? Oh. If you stole my blender, I would put your hand in the blender. But how would you do that if he had it? Things. Things. Okay, well, we will settle the reacquisition of Rowan's gun in the next episode. (laughs) Until then, everyone, thank you for listening to our first episode. I had a lot of fun. Uh, You can like our Facebook page, Semi-Automagic Inc. You can find us on Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. At semi auto magi, which is kind of clunky, but all that Twitter will allow me to do. And uh, do you guys have anything else to say? Anything you want to plug? No, I think we're good. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Bye, all my buddies. <laughs>